Welcome to the Filthy Spoon Podcast. Here we go again. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And a reminder, you can follow us on uh, Instagram, at Filthy Spoon Waterfowl. So we've, uh, this is episode two. After last ep- last week's episode, we got a couple uh, messages already. They've been pouring in. Um, so shout out to a couple folks that have messaged us. Good, good to hear. Um, so anyways, yeah, today's a nice Saturday in Northern California. The weather's starting to warm up. Um, I know, John, I've been sleeping with my window open, although last night kind of sucked because they're st- I think they're starting to burn the levees around here. But uh, occasionally I'm hearing some snow geese return back uh, north. Are you, you hearing any of that where you're up? Up in Gridley? No, I haven't heard a whole lot of birds, but I'm usually half drunk and passed out that time of night. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot, though. Not a lot, but a couple. I, I don't know if they're just cripples that all congregate together and wait to go home, but I down by Lincoln, I've seen a couple <clears throat> fairly large groups of specks and some widgeon and some spoonies out with all this water. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of odd to be seeing them, as many of them I still around that are oh for sure we're getting into april but with all the water who knows maybe some are going to decide to stick around and nest here i don't know that uh that actually reminds <laughs> me I, I wasn't planning on talking about this but i went to stockton uh thursday and that area kind of between stockton and sacramento there's a lot of kind of marsh marsh area off the consumers river and some fields out there yeah and i saw a shit ton of specks just a ton and it got some snows um, so, some ducks on the water still, but just a lot of specks in the field. And, you know, I don't know if that's normal because I don't uh, really go south of Sacramento very much. But uh, I was I was pretty surprised to see, see that. Yeah. Way. Yeah. And I, like I say, I don't normally well, – we haven't had this much water this late in a long time either. So I don't know if that has something to do with it or not. But yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully the ha- local hatch is good and always – Looking forward to next year, so we'll see. Yeah, definitely. So, anyways, uh, I know you got some plans today. We're we're recording this a little early because you're headed up to uh, to Princeton. Yes, uh, we had a life changing event last week that you broke the news to me Sunday night and kept me up half the night. Uh, those of you guys that know me, um, I've been drinking Bud Light twenty five years. Um. Through multiple divorces, countless fist fights, a pile of crashed Chevrolet trucks, and they decide to go and put some uh, deranged dude on their can, and it just didn't sit right with me. So after 25 years, cold turkey, I got a new beer. And thought I was going to go Coors Light like everybody else, but I just couldn't get behind it, and... I'm going to go hipster like Robert here and go with a local craft beer, Farmers. Stuff's great, tastes good, locally owned, rice farmers, so that is the new beer choice for Sandbeck here. Yeah, and they, you know, they do uh, they do a beer every year that I know they, or at least they have, uh, where they've donated to a portion of it to California Waterfowl Association, so there's that. Oh, I didn't know that. Tie into, yeah, yeah, they're. It's one of their uh, winter winter beers. Yeah, no, they got all kinds of cool beer. I'm not really into all that IPA and all that friggin' foo-foo stuff that you drink, but uh, right. Farmer's Light's pretty dang good. And I'm going to try all kinds of them today because I'm going to do the tour of the brewery. And I've called them several different times, and they assured me they have no plans of diving into politics, and that's fine by me. I just want beer from them, not a lecture on how to live, so... Well, it's funny you mentioned about, you know, you don't drink the foo-foo stuff. And, uh, you know, it's pretty funny how I broke the news to you when I found when I found this out. And I, I sent you some screenshots. Because <laughs> you, always, you always call what I drink queer beer. And, uh, you know, so I sent you the screenshots. And, you know, who's, who's drinking the queer beer now? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, you're the one that I... I mean, I was up half Sunday night after that message, and yeah, you you burnt me there for all my shit talking. I got a little bit of taste of my own medicine, and uh, you and I've got messages from friends and family all across the country. Uh, 
anybody that knows me knows I uh, very opinionated. Whatever it is I do, I claim it's the best. So Bud Light, even though it's shitty beer, I love it. I've always proclaimed it's a miracle elixir, best beer known to man, blah, blah, blah. And this was pretty heartbreaking for this to happen to my beer. So I'm not really into the cancel thing and all that, but this was just a bridge too far for this old white guy. I just, I can't do it, you know. So on to bigger and better things. You know, we're supporting local beer. My beer budget's probably going to double now because this stuff ain't cheap, but it is what it is. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you mentioned... Uh, you know, people coming out of the, the woods to hound you on this. I even had guys in our in our club uh, texting me because they know how, how much you love Bud Light, and they're asking if you're how you're taking it. And oh yeah, yeah, I, I've been getting harassed by people all over. It's uh, like I say, I've, the amount of shit I talk, I guess I kind of had it coming, but uh, it was think- a pretty troubling couple weeks. But I think I'm over it now, and. Uh, my boss, actually, this is a good story. Um, last week, he ran into a farmer's beer rep down at the gas station and uh, talked to the guy into coming back to the shop. So here I'm in the shop, and here this farmer's beer rep comes in. I'm like, what the hell is this? And he welcomes <laughs> me as a customer, gives me a bunch of swag. Thanks to have you on board. And I thought that was just cooler than hell that the guy, you know, he went a couple miles out of his way and gave me some stuff. And I'm nobody from nowhere. So it was really cool. My boss, John, to do that and the the rep also. So that, I don't know, that I'm easy to buy off with a little bit of swag and, you know, a handshake. So that was really cool of them. So. Well, it's a smart move. If they, you know, I think your boss probably let them know the, uh, the amount of beer that you, you buy. It's, uh, yeah. you're, you're going to be competing with some of their smaller businesses that he delivered to. Yeah. That's exactly what he told them. So, yeah, he said, trust me, this will be worth your while. You're going to make your money off of this guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, you'll be adding them to your to your route soon. He'll direct direct <laughs> consumer. Yeah, that would be perfect, man. <laughs> no, that's – yeah, that's that's funny. Well, that sounds, sounds fun. I've never been out there. Um, yeah, me neither. It should be cool. Weather's good. I guess it's about a 45-minute tour, so we're going to do that. And uh, then I guess, you know, obviously drink some beer. they got food trucks out there every day. I think it's a Mexican one this time, so I'll have some tacos, drink some beer. And it's out in the middle of rice country from looks at it, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I think you go from – probably from here you're going to go out, uh, take Calusa Highway. Yeah. And go on – is it 40, off 45 or something? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's not right in Princeton. It's Like I say, it's actually on their farm, so – should be cool, and then I want to check out the one in Chico too. They got to get a big restaurant up there, I guess. So. Oh yeah. You know, I'll check that out one of these weekends too. But. Well, it used to, um, you know, not very long ago, you'd be able to have a pretty good uh, Saturday pub crawl out that way with uh, Slough House Social. That's. that's yeah. Out there. Yeah, and that's a cool place. I guess uh, you know they shut down, but I saw something on their Facebook that alluded to maybe coming back. So. I hope so. You know, that was a horrible deal. You know, I don't know any of the details. That sucks. And getting in the time of year with as much water as we got, I hope they get that thing going because that's a really cool spot. And and, and I uh, always wanted to go to their comedy night. So there's not many – it doesn't seem like there's much stand-up anymore. I don't know. Nah. Or I'm just missing it. I, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not exactly a out-on-the-town nightlife guy. Um, the thriving metropolitan of Gridley might see me – Stumbling around the streets from bar to bar here and there, but uh, not a lot of comedy going on there except for me falling down in the gutter, I guess. But well, I mean, you are a uh, undiscovered comedian. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to try to get you on stand up one of these. That'd be nights. fun. Do a little set up there, see how it goes. That would be a blast. I don't think you would uh, be able to hack it anywhere uh, in in the city, though. You're gonna have to stay north of Sacramento for your. I would think so. Yeah, it might be some folks get a little butt hurt, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so be it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they can't cancel you, so no, that's the good thing. Yep, uncancelable. I uh, when you're nobody from nowhere, it's kind of hard to take what you don't got. So exactly. <laughs> so well, uh, so here here in uh, mid-April, we're still in turkey season uh have you gone out at all this year i went out opening day and uh 
it was cold. It was like 28 degrees that morning. I got a really good spot. This uh, old man, Bert, good buddy of mine, known him for years. They're, him and his wife uh, let me hunt up on their property and cool. Super, super good spot. I it, I haven't got skunked on an opening day in getting close to 10 years, but I did this year. And I just, all I can figure is it was a little cold and um, I don't know if they're, I heard them gobbling. I know where the roost is. I kind of have a routine of how I shoot them. It's almost like clockwork. But this year they just didn't cooperate. Um, well, how do you normally do it? What's the? I got a spot. I know where the roost is and they fly down one or two ways. And if they come the, if they come close to me, I'll get them. You know, they'll fly off the roost. I don't hunt anywhere near the roost of spooking them, but they'll come out and they go about 100 yards and they'll come right up to my decoys and I got one first thing in the morning. Or if they fly down the hill, they'll feed. There's a little pond and stuff and they'll feed and then they loop back around to me. And it usually takes a couple hours, but they slowly work their way around. And I've, over the years, I've, you know, almost got it down to a science the way they work. But this year... It just completely different. Any calling, or do you just ambush yeah, them on the Yeah, I just route? call. I got a cheap friggin' box call. I bought yeah. a Long's Drugs years ago, and they're going out of business, and I use that. And for as much of a gear queer with waterfowl I am, all the high dollar equipment I use for duck hunting, you know, expensive stuff. Turkey items, the complete opposite. I'm like the poor man turkey hunter. I got crappy foam, Walmart decoys, yeah. uh, crappy little box call. Um, I kind of pride myself with doing my turkey hunting on the super cheap. And I've always been successful, mainly because I got such a good spot. But I've always been the same way with turkey hunting. Like, I don't, uh, I don't, since they uh, outlawed lead, I don't even buy turkey ammo anymore. I just take, take duck ammo. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, and I play around with different guns because. You got a turkey gun. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have just a strictly <laughs> turkey gun. With but, the handle. Yeah, you yeah. know. The, the pistol grip? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and a big friggin' red side on it. And all. No, I don't have any of that. But I shoot, like last year I shot one with my first gun I ever got when I was a kid, a old break barrel, Harrington and Richards, cheapy 20 gauge. Yeah, there we go. Now we're talking. I shot gauge, one yeah. with that. And then, yeah, I shot, and then I my BPS, I shot one a couple years ago with that. Um, my 10 gauge. I think I shot one with that. Really? Yeah, I, I can't remember. I, cause I, I During turkey season, I swap guns quite a bit because I try to waterfowl. I shoot my Benelli most of the time. It's good weather. I'll bring out my old A5. But uh, being so I'm left-handed and I bought a left-handed gun, it's so hard to go back to shooting a right-handed gun because I'm always backwards with the safety and stuff. Uh-huh. Kind of silly, but I wish I'd have never bought a left-handed gun because it was never an issue until... It was one. So, but with turkey, it's not a big deal. It ain't like waterfowl where I'm getting, you know, skunked flying by where I'm hitting the safety on the wrong side. So, I'll, I'll take my other old guns out and play with them. My old A5, my 10-gauge, uh, my BPS. Oh, it makes it fun to use different guns, so. Oh, for sure. And yeah. I might, we, I would be turkey hunting this morning, but uh, the Quaker here, we had to do this podcast in the morning, so no turkey hunting for me, but... uh yeah, we might have to, you know, we might have to make morning recordings a uh, a staple just to, you know, keep you sober. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we got to get you. We got to get you a little liquored up, actually. Yeah, yeah. I got to have a little bit of lubrication to get it flowing. But um, in fact, there's there's a whole topic that's going to be another uh, podcast. I won't even uh, hint at what it's going to be. But you you you. Uh, Denied me. I said, let's talk about that today. He's, oh, no, no. <laughs> we got to wait till I'm drinking for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. Oh, we got some good, funny stories coming on. Um, the, the Quaker. That 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 uh, became my nickname on our Washington trip when I uh, banned banned alcohol in certain settings. Oh, it was horrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you folks will be as shocked as I am. The guide up there, He, I was oppressed for the whole four-day trip. Um, they wouldn't let me drink beer on the ride up there, which I couldn't believe, but, um, they hid the cooler, made sure I couldn't get access to it. And I thought they were kidding. No, they're, they're serious. And, uh, the whole time, yep. They 
we stayed a little out of town. They'd made sure I got to stay away from town. I mean, I didn't find any good bars to hang out or nothing. And uh, when we were duck hunting the last day, the guide, um, really cool guy, we get back to the truck and like, hey, do you got one of them Bud Lights you're talking about? I was like, I'm serious. I ain't been joking. These fuckers won't let me drink. <laughs> uh, he felt sorry for me. He freaking, we left all them guys down at the van and we hopped in his pickup and hauled ass up to the lodge and had a couple beers. So, yeah, these guys are a little bit square, but they're good hunting buddies and they let me cut loose here and there, but... Yeah, well, you know, we can't all be degenerates. No, 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 no. Can't all be degenerates. Can't all be, you know, square Quakers. But we make a good uh, mix of him being one of the squarest guys in the world and me being, you know, one of the most fun, exciting guys to hang around with, you know. Works out good. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, look at me. I'm over here just a loser. I... <laughs> Don't get in trouble with the law. Yeah. And, you know. You've never been divorced. It's <laughs> the craziest, craziest concept over here. Pay my bills on time. Yeah, you know? yeah no credit card debt. <laughs> that ain't living. What the hell's wrong with you, man? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. You know, talking about turkey, and I, I'm, I'm super minimalist, too. I got, uh, normally I just do, like, the one, one hen decoy and a box call. You know, I don't spend money on... Those, those fancy acrylics or no and that and i mean i guess like i say i'm a little spoiled because my spot's so good that i don't have to try as hard but um i don't know i i just think it's fun doing it super minimalist you know and even duck hunting won't do that some days you know especially if i go to the refuge or something I, i'll bring you know four decoys with me yeah for sure and uh i don't know it's kind of cool doing stuff without all the you know overpriced gear and stuff and I don't know. Just makes it more fun. Now, uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I haven't been turkey in a long time because my kids play baseball, so that kind of gets in the way during during spring season. And you know, I could go Sundays, but uh, you just kind of want to have at least. Uh, I do at least want to have two days where you can go hit it, and and hopefully you should be able to bag a bird in one of those days. But my spot, um, just some public land. Uh, last time I went there, I didn't. I didn't find any tracks, so I, uh, you know, I haven't really put some time into looking for a new spot yet. But uh, maybe I will when the kids get out of baseball and they're older or something. Yeah, it's fun. It's something kind of a stopgap because you know waterfowl season ends into January and then February. You're kind of recovering and stuff and chilling a little bit. And by the time you know turkey season rolls around, I know I'm ready to start killing stuff again. So. And I didn't late goose hunt this year either. I just didn't, you know, every year it sounds like a really fun idea. And then, um, you know, I've only done it a couple seasons. Most of the time I'm just burnt out after after 90 days of waterfowl. Yeah. I, yeah, I haven't went late in a couple years either. I mean, I, I feel like we kind of should have put a little effort into it. But we also, our, our fields got drained down pretty dang quick too. They did. And, yeah, and, the, and they seem to still... Um, they don't really, yeah, the geese, at least where we hunt north of Marysville, they really got out of there, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it, once that bypass flooded, it was like a light switch. It never recovered. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, I mean, we had a great December there, but. Um, yeah, December, yeah. November was good even. Yeah, yeah, November was good. Yeah, I mean, late October was good. Yeah, yeah, especially for the geese, yeah, and then. Uh, I guess it was probably late November, what right around Thanksgiving when the ducks finally started showing up. It was a little bit of yep. time, a little bit, and then it was on. They seem to always, the last couple of years, uh, you know, you might not see hardly any ducks, but that first week of December, I've I've done pretty well every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, calendar birds, I guess you might call them or something, but uh, that was good. So A couple times, there's been there's been a couple Novembers out there, you know, look back at old photos where... Where it seems like there's a decent uh, strap of birds, especially when I was hunting um, up a little north, like um, like Butte City area. I had a blind out there, and uh, you know I was looking back at some November November pictures from you know ten years ago or so, and and had some pretty full straps of ducks. Um, you know, like we talked about last podcast, that 
the goose hunting really wasn't uh, a thing for most of us for no not the way time. it is now yeah i know it wasn't for me i mean this has been the last couple of years where we really you know almost out of necessity because there right. wasn't a lot of ducks you know and uh it's fun it's cool and good eating and and so talking about like expensive gear and stuff i'm i'm with you um you know pretty minimalist for turkey hunting but but duck hunting the sky's the limit for me yeah <laughs> it seems yeah. like i can be tricked into buying stuff pretty easily yeah i'm the same way and it's uh the gadgets not so much we're kind of the same that way neither one of us really run mojos or anything anymore um we got one guy in our club. He's a gadget guy. He's got everything you can think of. Yeah, anything with a battery. Yeah. Um, Gear-wise, I like having quality stuff. Um, don't have to be super top. I just don't like junk. Nothing worse than going out there, you know, and it's all kind of overpriced. And then go out there and it breaks, you know, and it's what the hell. But, uh, like, good waiters. I bought good waiters last year. You bought some. uh no, yeah. You, yeah, you bought your yeah, yeah, yeah you bought I your got Sitka the Sitka system. waiters. Yeah, yeah, got them out of, over there at the when I, I was. You know, this year was a wet year, lots yeah. of rain. So um, it was right after. I think it was right before, right after Christmas. I don't know. My my waiters had a small leak, and you know how that goes. It just oh, yeah. exponentially grows every time you go out. Yeah, and then they never dry out. They never dry out. You're you're just always a little cold, and you you know you try to tough it out. But I just got sick of it and said, you know, I'm getting sick of waiters. They were on my list to get anyways eventually. Um, so it was kind of a cool story. You know, those familiar with the area will know what I'm talking about here. Um, so I didn't. I hate calling stores. I I know. I just don't like calling stores and asking, you got this in stock or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, the best way for me to find out is just go there. I know that's not the most efficient way to do it, but half the time, you know, I don't trust what they tell me anyway. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a big box store. Yeah. Right. So I tell my wife, come on, let's, let's go. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go out to Calusa. I'm going to get some waiters and we're going to Kittles. And she said, did you call? I said, I didn't call. Because if it, we're in uh, late December by this point, if any if any store in the valley has uh, Sitka waiters right now in It'll stock, it's yeah. going to be them. I'm not yeah. going to. Why would I? You know, she's like, oh, you know, sportsman. No, they, I don't even think they sell Sitka. I, I don't get no. But so sure enough, we go there and they had one one pair left in my size and the color I wanted. You know, I wanted those, I guess, like earth brown looking yeah. ones. Um, so. You know, not that I, I really for our type of hunting doesn't even matter what you wear for the most part. No, yeah, God, like camo definitely doesn't matter. You yeah, know, you're sitting in a tank, but but I like the brown ones. I yeah. think they look cool. Yeah. So you know, I that's kind of wanted. So sure enough, they had one pair left in my size. So uh, I was a happy camper. Got 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 the waders and and used those for the last portion of the season. I've been pretty pretty impressed. Uh, very comfortable and just uh, super waterproof so now i'm a uh, you know got the sitka waders and the sitka jacket so i'm kind of oh yeah you're a pro sitka now at this point yep sitka yeti gunner dog kennel you're a freaking bro man yeah for sure yeah. uh still still uh i don't have too high end of a shotgun though i'm i'm rocking the uh sx3 20 gauge is is my go-to these days yeah that's a good gun they're like cheaper price but they're good guns a yeah, lot of people like, like a, them yeah. I, I like it i just shoot well with it yeah um, you know i i make fun of a lot of people as you know talk a lot of shit about you know shooting a 20 gauge over these you know barbaric 12 gauge <laughs> shotguns that the rest of you shoot yeah. <laughs> uh but i like it i like a 20 gauge if i could find a left-handed benelli i'd get one fortunately i haven't seen any left-handed sub gauges a guy i was hunting with in uh mexico He's a lefty from Montana, cool guy. Name is Rusty, and uh, he told me he has a left-handed M2. But I went on Benelli's website and I couldn't find one. Huh? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I well, maybe I'll stop by Kittles today and ask them if they could get one because I would, I would gladly join the sub gauge deal if I could get a left-handed shotgun. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know that's going to be my next. My next gun is I would like a Benelli 28 gauge. That's my. Yeah, yeah, that I think that'd be cool too. I, 
it's like shooting a BB gun almost probably. It seems looks pretty cool to me. I uh this SX three is my first gas gun. Uh you know, I've had pumps and of course and uh the over under and and then I have a um you know, some inertia driven guns. I I don't have any Benelli's, I just you know, I have the poor man's version, the Stoger and uh and then my wife has the the Franke, which is kind of their mid tier. Yeah. Um you know, the Franke they'll actually put Stamp Benelli on the the gun, you know, Benelli USA or something. The the Stoger, I think they're not quite willing to do that. They're, they're yeah, it's they'll crazy. make it. They'll let you use their technology, but it, they won't put their name on it. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because the parts. I guess a lot of parts are interchangeable and stuff, but they, I guess, just a selling point, so you can sell them cheaper. They just make them. I don't know. They are so my 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 Stoger. I it's a fine gun. It's a little. It's a little. Uh, it's not as, I guess ergonomic as as some shotguns like it feels a little bit like a brick but uh i was having the ejection problems very common problem for that gun and you know just a little bit of online research and it's like oh i can buy a ten dollar spring you know ejector spring swap it out no issues you know it was many years ago so you you know take the take the difference between the benelli and franke even and and uh save a lot of money so good i think you know i don't know how you feel about it i know you probably started off shooting uh pumps in the duck line yeah yeah. same here everyone does right all 870 wingmaster yeah i had the mossberg 500 was mine yeah i had one yeah actually you're right i think i shot with my 500 before i shot with the 870 yeah so um but these days if you have you know well first off semi-autos seem like they're way more affordable now than they used to be oh yeah yeah Maybe not, you know, not high ends. Nothing, nothing's affordable on the high ends, but but you can get like like those SX threes are pretty cheap. They're yeah, good guns, and so if you want to go semi, everybody, somebody's new. I always kind of recommend going with a pump or something. Just I don't know. I think it's kind of cool to evolve into the semi auto. I don't know. Like I, my kids, they all started on a pump. Yeah, same here. And uh, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of the mechanics of it, and I think it's a good way to for anybody to start out whether you're a kid or an adult but that's just my opinion when my daughter would hunt with me uh she she always used my 20 gauge uh over under because it was just such a simple yeah yeah simple gun to use yeah that's great for a kid to spray they're not, you know not a lot of moving parts easy to operate the the last time you know she's 18 now so and kind of doing her own thing like kids like to do they but uh the last time she hunted with me was on the youth hunt and it was hilarious because um you know this big group of pintails flies over <laughs> and and she shoots shoots twice and and drops one but it's you know how sometimes you'll aim at one bird but shoot another because yeah you're, you know yeah you're, the lead she, yeah. she accidentally let it so she the bird she thought she was trying to shoot at she she's like oh dang it i missed it <laughs> And I'm like, what are you talking about, honey? There's a, you know, right there. There's a, we got a bird right in the pond. I'm, I'm like, it's, oh. I remember that with my daughter one youth hunt, and she kept getting behind him, and I, she was getting frustrated, and I told her, try to miss in front of him. Yeah. And yeah. she got, she was kind of, you know, shitty attitude. She was having a bad morning, and she started and kind of over-exaggerated, swung in front of it, being a smart-ass, and then knocked the bird down. <laughs> and, was, and it kind of, like, clicked in her head, like, oh, okay. And they, she ended up, I don't think she's got 11, she got five that day, but yeah. she ended up, it kind of clicked in her head that day. She was, like, 11. Well, it's, and, uh, it was pretty cool. It's super, uh, I, I think shooting is more uh, mental than we give it credit for. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you notice how, and we've both, hunted with each other long enough where we've had bad days together we've had days where you've had a bad day yep. shooting or i've had a bad day and it's it's just and then we've had days where we're smoking them yeah and yeah i just can't it's crazy how it and but it's like once for me it seems like once i miss it's it's like momentum like a snowball effect and yeah it just goes yeah. downhill from exactly. there exactly you start losing your confidence and yeah just... or over analyzing oh yeah over correcting yep, yep looking at your bead all kinds of oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. then but you know i would say most of the time you don't really think about it you just instinctually go out there and, and you gotta be and like shoot. an nfl cornerback if you get burnt you just gotta friggin go line up again because 
There's nothing worse than sitting there dwelling it. There's a guy <laughs> in our club that shall remain unnamed that uh, if you miss or he misses, it's like the end of the world. We have to talk about it for 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, and the guy about tears up. Oh, I can't, I can't believe I missed that. And it's like, dude, shut up. Move on. On to the next bird. Yeah. And I, I know it's frustrating, especially on the slow days where you only have the limited opportunities and you blow it and miss. But I mean, that's hunting. I mean, it... well, I think that's the that's the kind of mental pressure, right? Is that you know, there's only the duck season is only so long, and it is a very long hunting season. Yeah, it's a quarter of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that's a long time. It's a long time. If you and if you you know, if you hunt youth hunt, if you take your kids on youth hunt, and then if you're a veteran, now they got that veterans hunt. Yeah, you can really string it out. You're going from, late waterfowl. Yeah, you do uh, go to the northeast. northeast zone. Yeah. yeah, so you can start, you know, beginning of October if you do the northeast, and then hunt through what uh, middle of January with the veterans and late goose and all that. Well, March, March, northeast. Yeah. I yeah. think it's March. I I did that. Yeah, you can uh, run a long time if you want. The first year they had the the veterans hunt, um, I. I did the and 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 I still my daughter was still old enough to do the uh, youth hunt. So we did, we hunted from opening day in October, and then I think my last hunt was in March. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Shooting specs up north. That's pretty cool, man. But it's long. I mean, it's I'm still in kind of recovery mode to be honest with you. Yeah, and uh, I look at guys like like Ramsey Russell. Uh, yeah, look, everybody knows who he is. I mean, that dude. I mean, he hunts. Year round, right? Know? He'll take a little time off here or there, but I mean, that's that's some dedication, you know. And I don't know how many years he's been doing it, but I mean, I mean, a guy hunts year around, you know, on every continent, and it's pretty freaking cool. And I don't, to be honest, I don't know how he does it. And don't get burnt out. And loves it just as much as he did years ago, you know. It's pretty cool. I always, I, I stay pretty motivated during the season, but afterwards I'm like, I'm ready to sleep. Yeah, in. when it gets to the end, I'm ready for a little break too. And then, it, like I said, it don't take long and you're itching at it again. Yeah. But I, we got all summer to play around and I we don't really tomorrow. fish, you know. Um, Robert actually, for all you fishermen, he has a lot of horrible things to say about fishing. <laughs> Me, I don't feel that way. I, um, I, I'd like to get into striper fishing a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I could get a lot of hate for this, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I stopped pretending to like fishing. I just don't like it. It's, uh, you know, I've come to terms with, with the fact that I'm I'm not terribly good at it. Uh, you know, I've had a couple moments of, of fun doing it. You know, I, go, I went through periods when I was living in Southern California. I used to like to trout fish because you could make day trips to, like, fish up area, yeah. that stuff off 395, do some stream fishing. Um, and then... You know, when I moved back up up to Northern California, got into bass fishing for a little bit, you know, looking for those, like, small ponds. To, yeah. You know, throw, like, Senkos in and, and kind of, you know, rip lips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but now, now I just, I'm not even into it. I mean, shoot, I got fishing poles I'd give you if my wife let me. She <laughs> likes fishing more than I do. <laughs> Yeah, I was into it pretty heavy there. Trout, I you know, I grew up in Grass Valley, so it was a lot of, you know, ponds and trout fishing and lakes and streams stuff, and that was fun. I enjoyed it, and then I got into bass fishing a little bit. Yeah, you know, I had some access. A buddy I worked with, uh, dad's a caretaker of a big ranch, and uh, they had a bunch of ponds out there with friggin' monster bass. So I got into that pretty heavy. They did a little river fishing because, like I said, I'm recently a valley dweller. You know, I'm from the, you know, foothills. But uh, the river's always kind of intrigued me, you know. Salmon salmon fishing don't really excite me, but I've had a couple of years where I went out. I had guys that, you know, I went with that knew what they are doing. And striper fishing, when you get in them, it's, it's a lot of fun. And with this year, I don't know. I'm, I might try to, I got a boat. I might give her a whirl here. They're catching them now. I see it on Instagram. They're catching them. Yeah. And they're good eating, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's definitely not a passion, but something I wouldn't mind kind of getting back into. But, I mean, how many expensive-ass hobbies can you have, you know? Yeah. Between duck hunting and beer, I mean, that's most of my friggin' budget. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, the duck hunting gear, and, and you know, I talked about my waders, but you got some new waders, too, this year. Yeah, and I'm not a waiter guy. Well, I guess I am now, but uh, as you know, 
I always wore hip boots. Yeah. If if it ain't storming, I'd be in hip boots. Because I, I never liked the neoprene. I feel like a big fat seal in them. And um, <laughs> <laughs> they're a pain in the ass to put on. And I they're hot, you know, because most of the time, you know, early season especially, it's hot here. So I just liked hip boots. They're easy on, easy off. So I wore them for years. Well, last season, not the one we just had, the one before, it got pretty cold in January. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. It I got remember. cold. Well, the drought years are always cold. Yeah, yeah, dry and cold. And anyway, so I ended up wearing my waders a lot more than I normally do. And I was, I was just sick of it. You know, it's like, gosh, if I'm going to wear waders, I got to get some good ones. So I uh, heard about the shin gear. Okay, been out a couple years now. And uh, I don't have anything against Sitka. But I haven't jumped on the bandwagon for whatever reason. So at this point, I just, I don't own any Sitka. I don't really like that pattern is probably, I guess, what was originally. Because I know it's quality stuff. I just, I don't really like that digital snakeskin looking camouflage. So I was like, I'm going to go with something different. I would listen to, you know, did some research on it. And they seem like really good waders. So I went with the shin gear and I loved them. I wore them all season last year. No issues. Uh they're they're nice. They're light. They're they're different kind of materials than the Sitkas. They seem to be a little thinner, and they got kind of a specialty yeah. boot. Um, I don't know. I was really happy with them. Never thought I'd spend eleven hundred dollars on a pair of waders. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't think I'd spend a thousand. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, this it is what it is in this world. I mean, and for guys like us that you know we're weak in warriors pretty much, but we do go during the week too. You know, I'm fortunate oh, yeah. enough. You know, my boss. God bless him. He lets, you know, me go hunt for a couple hours in the morning during the week, you know. So I, I hunted most Wednesdays this year and then a couple storm days too. So as much as we're in these things, it's, you, you need something that's comfortable and good and not going to leak. And we'll see, but I've heard great things about Sitka's warranty if you do have issues. And shin gear is supposed to be the same way. you got an issue, you mail them to them. Um, if it, even if you tear them up, they'll charge you a minimal fee, but they're, you know, they're, They'll get you fixed up. So we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But uh, from everything I've heard, the customer service is great. So is a uh, do they make jackets too? Yeah, they come out with a whole new line of stuff this year. I'm probably going to get one of their jackets. Because you've been year. rocking the uh, the, the wax. Oh yeah, the old wax. You know me. I like my old school stuff. So I got me a, that old wax cotton Tom Beckby coat, and it's a cool coat, and I like it. But with the amount of and it's waterproof, sure, but it's not like this new modern material, yeah. you know. I mean, because there was a couple days where I got soaked to the bone when we were out there. Oh you yeah, know? there was some 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 pictures <laughs> this year, and you know, when I was sick of waders with the sick of jacket, man, I could swim in a swimming pool yeah, and stay dry. Exactly, that stuff is. And yeah, and that, and like I say, I love that wax cotton. I like the old school stuff, but when a torrential downpour, I I think I need a little bit better of a coat I, I got my old cabela's one that's fine i threw my crappy drake one in the garbage years ago but yeah i got a cabela's <laughs> one that's okay yeah mm. i sold my my i was actually able to sell my drake one. Oh, really yeah, yeah. when i got my Schmuck, second sucker one. <laughs> it was it was in fair shape you know it's just it, and it would there's nothing wrong with it it just you know like you're talking about those downpours you you can your first hour you might be fine but yeah after that that water's getting in. Yeah. So if someone's... Mine, the, the waterproof... Water, I mean, I had it for years, so maybe I shouldn't complain. But uh, once it that waterproof stuff came off, I would play, spray that snow spray on it and uh -huh. stuff. It was never the same. Yeah. So I would get soaked. I know, so I finally... And it started tearing. The pockets were tearing out and stuff. And so I finally junked it. Well, they it's, it's, it's... I don't know how these smaller brands, you know, and I'm not hating on anyone or trying to promote any particular brand, but just how competitive the quality of gear is now. Everyone, you know, it's great for consumers because everyone's got to step it up. Everybody's got to step it up now, yeah. And I remember before Sitka came out, just you sitting in the like, somebody needs to make a good waiter. Yeah. Because there was just shit available for years, and a lot of it was overpriced. That's what, what drives me nuts is some of this gear that's so expensive and junk. You know, like with Sitka – or shin or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's freaking high-dollar crap. Yeah. But it's good stuff. I hate crap that's high-dollar, but it's really just junk, you know? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't get 
really, for years, I couldn't get a full two seasons out of waders. No. No, that's why I would like. I go through a pair of hip boots a year. The boots crack out, and I bought the expensive ones. I bought the crappy ones. Right. It didn't seem to matter. But uh, the lacrosse ones are pretty decent. I finally got a pair of them. They were never available. I could never find them locally, and I hate ordering stuff online that I can't test fit. But I ended up finding some good uh, lacrosse hip boots. Hip boots. Yeah, or hip waders. Things, those things hold up pretty good. They're more, they're like a construction ones, the ones I got. They got yellow. Well, Sitka uses the lacrosse boots, too, so they're not, lacrosse is a good brand. Lacrosse my, is good stuff. My wife has uh, lacrosse waders. Oh, yeah. Sure. I had looked at them before I got into this, and it crossed my mind, and I went, nah, I got kind of brainwashed by all the marketing hype, but. I thought, I like the warranty, the peace of mind that you can, you know, you don't have to just throw the waders away as soon yeah. as you get a leak. Exactly, and hopefully it's not a bunch of crap dealing with them. You know, we'll see. Everything I've heard has been good, but, you know, time will tell. I mean, I remember just being, remember for years, uh, you know, you get a waiter leak and they have these waiter repair kits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I good luck. Put, yeah, putting like a friggin' bicycle patch on your boot. And, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. Nothing works. It doesn't seem that way. Yeah, not for me at least. Yeah, I. You get a hunt or two out of it and then. It just falls apart. You know the old Cabela's ones, like before Bass Pro and then merged. I had some good luck with Cabela's waiters. Oh, they were quality well. stuff. Those yeah. were quality stuff. But anymore, I my daughter, she got a couple of years out of her the first pair she had. Actually, all three of my kids went through the first. I still have them. A pair of waiters, Cabela old Cabela waiters. Yeah. And every kid's outgrown them, and those things are still great, but they're. 15 years old now you know what i got for my for my kids well my daughter just used when, when she was hunting with me she would just use my wife's old pair of waders but um you know they're a little big on her but she grew into them um but my boys amazon special man like tide we i think is i don't know how to i'm probably butchering the name really yeah but you know i bought a pair of they're like pvc materials so they're not they're oh not, yeah you know but for, and kids, for kids that don't, they're not out there a lot. That's they're not out there a lot, yeah. and and they're gonna outgrow them in a year and a half, exactly. two years, anyways. Even yeah. if you give them a little big, you know the way kids grow. So that's that was my solution for my for my boys. Um, you know, I know Sitka makes child gear, but uh, yeah, sorry, geez, kids, you, you got get, too much money yeah, if you're yeah. if you're you know spending eleven hundred dollars on waiters for, for a twelve year old. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, if you want to sell them to me at a reasonable price <laughs> yeah. for, for my kid, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But we'll see. We both got a season on them. And I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to, we're going to test, the, you know, for years to come, the Sitka next to the Shannon, kind of see how they hold up and how they, you know. It, yeah, and both of us, you know, I feel like the type of hunting we do, because, uh, you know, we're not like refuge rats and, pretty light on the waders yeah we're not tearing them up and it ain't like we're getting in and out of boats and you're not going we're not going through brush or anything you know no i did take mine on the veterans hunt this year uh you know our our uh, properties that we have access to as part of our club are are pretty uh low on water and there's just not there wasn't that many birds around on them this year so we hunted um our our rice in on that saturday and uh didn't do that well. I think we shot, you know, between three of us, like five ducks or something. I think some pintail, of course, and and uh, a cinnamon teal, and I don't remember what the other one was, but maybe a widgeon or something. But then on the Sunday, uh, we have this kind of recurring invite uh, since they started a veterans hunt to a to another club in Yuba County. That's uh, that's more more natural and and. Uh, like like dredger ponds, so there's a lot of brush. So I was really breaking brush with my oh, sickle. Really? Yeah, I was a little, cause a little like, nervous. Yeah. yeah, a little nervous. Yeah. You know? And uh, but but they seemed to hold up fine. I checked them afterwards to look for holes and and everything was good. Yeah, huh? and because this this place we were just you know every year we've this property is so large. Every year we've been invited there, we hunt a different pond, and it's always a pond that they've. The club's never hunted, so they're like, yeah, give this one a shot, you know? Oh, that's we, cool. They, they scout it for us, and, you know, really hospitable, nice nice thing to do, right? Yeah, that's um, awesome. And and this year's Veterans Hunt was really crazy. I know we're 
we're getting a little late on the time, but I think we have enough time for it. So we uh, we set up in this little little dredger pond, and it's just a totally different type of hunting scenario. These, you know, mostly mallards and and teal, um, but they would just, you know, you just kind of see these birds hop over this mound of uh, gravel, right? So you don't see them like we're in the rice. You see birds for long yeah, distance, yeah. right? These birds just kind of come out of nowhere, right over, right over this little, little uh, hill of gravel, a pile and, of tailings or something, exactly, yeah. and 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 dive right into the pond. So uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, we're shooting mallards, shooting teal. Uh, we had pretty good. You know, we didn't all limit out, but we had uh, you know close to it, probably like five bird average or so. And um, but what's really cool is. Uh, we all shot bands. Yeah. Three <laughs> banded birds, and every one of you got one. That's so cool. What are the odds of that? Three, you know, for out here, I mean, I'm sure plenty of folks do it, but not us. And those tailing piles, um, you know, if you if you sail a bird even a little bit, it's hard to find because, yeah. you know, you got to go over hill. Well, the one you hill. got was tough to find, right? So the one I got, I sailed it. Look, you know, we got out, looked, uh, really, really hiked around, you know, in waders sun's coming up kind of getting hot and we're hiking up and down these hills looking for this bird um, because it's just all these tailing piles couldn't find it you know sucks when you can't find a bird oh, yeah it's horrible so am i and i think we've pretty much been shooting them where they're just getting crushed right in front of us all morning but you know sometimes it happens you sell a bird um so we pack up we get get in the truck and um as we're driving out we see this duck right on the side of the right on the side of the uh, the tailing pile next to the little dirt road we're driving on. It's like right by the pond we're shooting, so it just was right by the road. So stop and get out, and I grab it. And we had two bands already that day. Uh, two of the other veterans I was hunting with from our club had each gotten a band, and you know I'm not like a yeah you know, I was pretty stoked and happy for him, but. Uh, it would have been cool to get a band, but whatever, you yeah. know, bands oh, yeah. doesn't, not like, uh, you know, oh, I need a band too. Yeah, yeah you know, validate my manhood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so I grabbed the, I'm like, oh, hey, here's the bird, you know, I sailed pretty, you know, we didn't really sail, like I said, that many at all that day, so it was pretty obvious that, that was that, one, that yeah. was the bird, and it was just, uh, you know, deader than crap, so uh, grabbed it, and and I joked around as I'm walking back to the truck. I go, oh, it's banded. They go, Are you, were you being serious? I said, yeah. And I'm just messing with them. They go, no, it really is banded. <laughs> and I look at it. Sure enough. <laughs> sure enough, it's banded. So so three banded mallards that uh, that morning, all from banded in Oregon. So that's a, you know an a ongoing topic we can discuss. Discuss, but I don't. I don't shoot a lot of bands. This is only my second band, uh, and both of my bands are from around the same place in Oregon. This, I think it's like Summer Lake. I could be, could be wrong, but something Lake up there, um, where they must have a, a good banding program. But in the and I've never all three of them were banded, right? Two were the same year, and one was a prior or something. Yeah, two. So the three banded mallards we shot were all banded in the same area, different, different. Two of them were the same year, but different days, and then one of them was uh, was the same area, but a year a year or two before. Uh, but I just I don't have a lot of luck with bands. I shoot a lot of ducks in the rice, but not a lot of bands. I know you got a band out of the rice this last. Yeah, season. yeah, that one. Yeah, that came what that come from? Uh, where was it? Tule Lake, I think it was banded at. Yeah, was that twenty nineteen? Yeah, and banded Spoony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That was super cool. No, that was really cool. And um, you know, a, a lot of the um, the bands seem seem in this in the valley. You know, I've seen certainly seen. I've never shot a band of the rice. You know, I've had one from the refuge and one from this other this other club, but never shot a band of the rice. I've seen you shoot a band of the rice. Uh, we had mason last year doubled remember the mallards yeah shot yeah. two bands in. yeah one from nevada a hen and a drake mallards yeah doubled on them one was banded in nevada and one was banded in oregon what are the odds of them both hooking up and crazy now this last season another guy in our club and here in the rice he shot a uh, a banded yeah. uh pintail and yep. then 
I think it was from Alaska or something too, wasn't it? Yeah, it, I think it was. And then an, you're right. And then another, uh, he took a guest out uh, uh, shooting our blinds by the Sutter Bypass, and sh- uh, his guest shot a banded speck. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Pretty unusual. Yeah. For, not as not as common. Um, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, for us as a club, we got more bands this year than I remember in a while. You know. Well. The year before, Mason, uh, Mason got those Mason two. Mason got the two, and then uh, someone in our club shot the uh, a banded sprig and a banded spoonie in the same year. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know where where we we talked about before, but where we hunt lots of spoonies, lots of sprigs. So I'm surprised we don't see more of them that are banned in California because CWA has an excellent pintail banding program. Yeah. And they're out rocket netting them and doing it. And it's just kind of funny that we, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of them get shot, but in our little group of 15 of us or so, I don't think we've shot any from that were banded locally. No, 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 no. I've never. Um, <laughs> actually, so my first band was this little Hen Gadwall shot at Grey Lodge, and it was uh, banded a couple couple months prior and and the age was too young to fly <laughs> yeah yeah i gotta love that that's like me i shot a dove opening day at lana seiko four or five years ago and uh it was banded three weeks earlier by some lady that friggin' hacked them <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh it's so funny yeah i didn't even know until i got home and was cleaning them i'd seen a little band on the leg oh, that's cool not many people i know shoot banded doves well <laughs> We're getting towards the uh, the end here. Any... Yeah, my blood's getting thick. I got to get over to that farmer's brewery and get some beer in me. Yeah. Well, good good talking to you. Thanks for coming by and doing this, and uh, look forward to doing it again. Yeah, and I'm gonna try to get this friggin' Quaker on here a little bit more, so we can maybe do a couple a week for you as we roll on once baseball season's over. So, for y'all sure. have a good week, and we'll talk to y'all next week. All right, sounds good.